Hello, friends. Welcome to the Tailgate Tangent Hyperlocal Crossover event. Austin uh, Double Dip. The Austin Double Dip. <laughs> the Hill Country Fair. Uh, we're here to talk Texas-USC. We had, we had to do it. And we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about where we were in 06. We're going to talk about Tom Herman, Austin, culture, football, everything that you love as, you know. Loyal listeners. Someone who probably knows us. <laughs> More than likely, our, our ten friends. friends and family, <laughs> friends and family. Before we get into that, though, we we ha- we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about Sean Adams, a beloved Austin media member, covered Texas football for a long time, passed away unexpectedly, suddenly, devastatingly yesterday. Uh, longtime host of of uh, the, the the Zones AM sports radio broadcast with Chip Brown, the Bottom Line, Bottom Line, one of the one of the defining source for sources for Texas football. Also, you know, if you think about it, you know, Texas fans tend to hate their local guys. There's a love-hate relationship with people like Jeff Ketchum, people like Chip Brown. They get mad when they have a story wrong. They, they love them when they're ahead of the curve on something, and they always complain about them no matter what, except for Sean Adams. Sean Adams is one of those guys that everybody liked because he's charming. He always talked about his family. He, he was one of those kind of like half-youth pastor, half-motivational speaker in terms of his presentation. And you would always see him at Texas football games. He would take pictures with everybody. He would hang out with everybody. So you felt like you knew him. And you, you know, I personally, particularly when I had a, a desk job that I, I absolutely didn't love, driving to work every morning for about two, 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 three years, just like hearing Sean Adams on the radio. So we're definitely bummed. TV's Chris Tavares is here live in the studio. Uh, and Chris, you, you knew Sean a little bit. Yeah, I, I didn't have a super personal relationship with Sean, but his, his passing was, was one that really hit me in, in the gut because his presence was always. Everybody always felt his presence at the Monday football availabilities, any availability, anything with Texas that he was at. And he, he's one of those guys, you know, a lot of times when, when somebody passes away, everybody says all these great, wonderful things about him. And sometimes you feel that it's a little disingenuous, it's lip service. But he's, he's truly one of those guys that everything that everybody's saying about him was, is true. And you, you can tell the impact that he had on somebody or he, that he had on the Austin community and the, the sports media landscape. Cause he really was always there with the smile, always super upbeat the way, the way people kind of knew him on, on radio, which I, I never listened to a show that much because I'm, I'm never up early in the morning. Um, and his, it was a morning show with, with chip, but the, the way his Twitter personality was with the thought of the day and his, his radio personality were, as always, that uplifting. That's, that's truly who he was. And he was always ready for like a handshake or a bro hug and always had a big smile on his face, a, an outsized personality that, that kind of filled the room, but not in a bad way. You know, some people can have the, that, that the Austin, the Austin, the Austin Talberts of the world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's not here to defend himself. I don't even know if he would. But, and the, the, the thing why it hits so hard too is the Austin media is a really unique one and, and talking to a lot of people everybody who's come into the Austin media or who's left the Austin media always talks about how it's so unique it's such a tight-knit tight-knit group where among TV stations I mean if if people are in a bind and something bad happens there's there's no problem sharing some video with them or or with the writers and the radio guys you know every, there, there's this there's there's a certain level of congeniality that exists in any media market. I'm sure about you know we got to help each other out, but there it, it goes above and beyond here in the Austin market, and and Sean Adams was such a such a big part of it and was always around, and and he 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 was a versatile guy. He was a utility guy in the Austin media. He he was on 
our air on KXN, sometimes helping us with our show more than the score. He's done stuff with Longhorn Network. He was a writer for Orange Blood, which was how we got to start. He was on radio. He, he, he could do it all, and, and his, his presence will be, will be sorely missed. And you look at the tributes that are rolling in once the news came out. And 46 years old, two kids in high school at Round Rock High School. It, everything about it is just completely heartbreaking. And it, it, for me, it, 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 it was just a big punch in the gut and just a really sinking feeling once I found out about it. Well, there you go. Sean, uh, we'll be missed. This morning, we're recording this on Friday morning. It took Chip Brown all of two seconds before he started uh, bawling on the air. Yeah. Uh, so uh, le- leaving behind a huge hole in the Austin media scene, and just me just me as a fan, uh, you, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna miss that voice um, covering something that we all love so much, Texas football. And speaking of Texas football, we're going to talk Texas USC um, right when we come back. Let's play this song. That's... That's a lot of space. Yeah. I haven't been on the podcast in a while, but I just gotta say I'm so happy that this song is still. It's the, the one. Open. It's, it's the one song. It's you gotta. Something's gotta. Something's gotta stay consistent. I mean, it's not a podcast taped in Austin Talbert's super secret location studio that moves around the city. If if this song isn't kicking things off, it's the Austin Double Dip Tailgate Tangent Hyper Local Podcast Media. My name is Ramon Ramirez. Thank you for being here. Our panel today, Talbert's on assignment. He's live in Los Angeles. He's getting ready for Saturday. Austin Reese is on the boards, though, this he morning. Actually, hey, good to see you guys. Or good to hear you. I don't know. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to hear your dulcet good, tones. Yeah, I'm here. No, he actually may be in Los Angeles. He didn't tell us where he was going. We don't know where he we is. We don't know where, we he, don't is. Know where he is. He, as, said, he just said, hey, I got to get out of town. Yeah. There's, as, some, there's some bad hombres on my tail. <laughs> as local as this podcast is, that's how secretive Talbert's trip is. Yeah. Hyper secret, hyper secret, hyper local, yeah. and we, that we, other voice you're hearing is TV's Chris Devarez. Hello, the sports guy here here in the studio. Yeah, we uh, managed to break in to the uh, to the lair. Yeah, um, we yeah. found the spare key. And with Talbert not being here, I feel like a kid when his parents go out of town. Yeah, I'm getting ready to to get naked here in a second and just. I think you said something wild. of hiring a, a certain class of person to come. Uh, uh, yeah. talk, talking about hiring uh, some professionals. Yeah, some know? professionals to come and hang out with us. Some, uh, I mean, it's it is. It's part. I mean, it's early for me. It's almost nine in the morning. We're going to turn to the Howard Stern show I think. as as we're recording this. So maybe get some night walkers that are uh, wrapping up their shift. <laughs> well, those things like Talbert's a very funny guy, but he's also, and this is one of the many things I love about him. He's a man of faith, so he's very buttoned up. I mean, he's very funny. But he won't get dirty funny, you know? <laughs> no, he will now, not. But without him here, we can get, we can get plenty dirty. Yeah, this um, is going to have an explicit next to it for explicit. sure. Yeah. The, the parental advisory yeah, warning. parental advisory. But folks, yeah. it's, I just want to say, look, it's Texas USC Friday. And I wanted to first and foremost express just how disappointed I am in the Austin community, in the Texas community. You know, I, I manage some interns and I oversee some interns from the University of Texas. I'm just seeing no, no excitement. No excitement. I try to talk. I say, who, you know, who, who, who do you think is, is the long-term quarterback uh, of the Texas Longhorns? Who do you think, you know, what do you think is going to happen at UT? How excited are you, are you for this epic rematch? And they're just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think well, I have plans Saturday. Can, can you blame these kids? 
Well, yeah, one, yes, you can, because if you're in college, your sole focus should be your college but football team. But I think team. calling them kids, how old are your interns? 21, 22. Okay, so 10 years ago, did they even care? Exactly. Probably, probably not. And the, the I thing think is, that's a, a big part of it is the last time these two teams played, and when USC and Texas were good at the same time, national contenders at the same time, was a whole other lifetime ago, if you think about it. I, th- I think the whole reason I'm here as part of this podcast is to provide the sports angles the hardcore because we're this is a tangential college football tangential yeah, yeah. hot takes a lot of hot takes hot, from, hot takes hot takes hot bread Zeke <laughs> um, but at Big Twelve Media Days Tom Hearn was talking about the guys that they're recruiting who are who are four five years younger than than your interns I mean if they're juniors in high school now they're sixteen or seventeen years old he goes of the last I th- I think he said of the last five or six years there have been four losing college football seasons with Texas so they've only seen one winning college football season mm. and I mean talk hearing PJ Locke talk this week the one of the the captains on the team one of the leaders on the defense I'm, I'm not going to say one of the best guys on the team but certainly one of the faces of the program who's talking about like yeah you know Vince Young that's the old days I'm like dude it's not that old I mean yeah it's, it's, it's no, not really like the season was 12 years ago but I mean these these kids are young and they're they're perception of of time and and college football is so short like johnny manziel is is one of their more recent legends and vince young is like that old guy who's shilling tiff's treats <laughs> but people people know and remember vince young uh, vince young is one of those lines of the game uh one of those just uh, icons one of those memorable players the fact that he didn't pan out in the nfl almost makes him just it just exacerbates the myth um we should probably start with talking about where we were in january 2006 where we were you know when Lendale White was stuffed on four and two where we were when Vince Young went for the corner went for the corner he's going for the corner he's got it yeah. the Keith Jackson call the I think that was what that was was that his last game I, I think it might have been his his last and and he was he was probably five years I'm like not to nerd out I, I have goosebumps just like as we're talking about it it was it's, such an amazing Keith, Keith, moment Keith Jackson I agree you're right Keith Jackson it was one of those yeah you're right he lost his fastball and he was he was he was a little slow on the draw, but for that one night he was vintage Keith Jackson. Whoa, Nelly! Keith Jackson whoa, in the pocket, Nelly. just just on point. And um, let's let's not overlook Craig Way's call, which I mean that that guy, the voice of the horns. Yeah. He, he's so good at his job. He's so good, but and and he's got so many great iconic calls. But that one is just ooh. I, there, I love that there's a YouTube compilation of Keith Jackson and then Craig's call. Of Vince's fourth and five run to the corner. It's it's perfect. And now the other thing is for anyone who lives in Austin, you know maybe you guys are sick of fourth. It was a fourth and six. Fourth right? and fourth, five. Fourth and five. Maybe you guys are sick of the fourth down call because it was the kind of thing that we just played on a loop. And like to this day, well, it was on the Longhorn Network. You can, you can you just turn it on. Turn on <laughs> yeah. the Longhorn Network yeah. and watch it. I mean, even even by like February '06, there was an Alamo. You know, the Alamo Draft House has those reels, those gag, those like don't talk. Uh, gag reels before they and the Alamo Draft House joke was there was an obnoxious guy in the theater wearing a UT shirt and he was on the phone and he was like yeah we're gonna watch the Rose Bowl again <laughs> we're gonna go back to the house after this <laughs> and then the late Governor Ann Richards came in and kicked him out it was it was a great Alamo Draft House reel so yeah um okay fourth fourth and five um Wait, so let's go Chris where were you yeah. where did you watch the game so I was at my house and this was I believe it was a Monday night. Yeah, the, so. the title yeah. game is always during the week. Yeah. It was a Monday night, and my brother went to Texas, which is why I was such a huge Texas fan. I want to say his girlfriend at the time was there. My parents were upstairs. We were watching upstairs because this was back when like the flat-screen TVs were mm. still kind of new and coming in. 
and upstairs we had we had a like 42 inch like plasma and we thought it was like the biggest greatest thing in the world and and that was like the big watch room and we had some friends over and it, it was like i my the the most memorable moment of the game for me was at the end of the game when when usc's hail mary attempt went out of bounds when line it's pass went out of bounds to officially end it and texas rushed the field i like ran towards the tv celebrating and my brother was like wait wait i want to make sure it's done because he wasn't <laughs> sure if there was a flag or if there'd be a last second play yeah. and don't once, jinx it once abc put the super up that said texas 2005 national and it was officially done my brother was able to celebrate and it was it was like everybody knew instantly that you just watched a classic but that, that, that i was upstairs with my parents and family watching the game just celebrating going wild and chris you're a houston guy you're in the Houston yeah, area. Yeah. Uh, and our thoughts and prayers are with Hurricane Harvey. <laughs> you, can't, you can't laugh at that. You can't. No, absolutely not. You can't not. laugh when you say that. You, but it's one of those things where like, anytime you talk to someone from Houston, you're just like... Thoughts you, and prayers. You, hey, our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family through this difficult time. Um, shout out to Blake Herdick. Thank sh- you. Sh- yeah, shout out, shout out to Blake Herdick. Our thoughts and, pl- and prayers are with... Um, Scherf alert. Scherf, Scherf yeah. and Blake. Uh, now, Reese, you're, 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 a, you're a, a, a DFW area kid. Yeah. What, what are th- things like up there? Yeah, it was... Um, so DFW, at least Weatherford, is not horn friendly. Um, There's only four of us from high school, Weatherford High School, my class that came to Texas. Most people go to A&M, Tech, uh, lesser schools, Tarleton, Stephen F. Austin. Not to, not throwing shade, but like not, not lesser, smaller, smaller schools, special in different ways. Ag, ag centric <laughs> schools, they go to those. So I had a, a couple friends went over to their house, and we had probably like five or six people there that were kind of. T-shirt horn fans, a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, friend of the pod, Zach Britton, was there. Uh, a few other people that... He was committed to A&M, though, right? He was committed to A&M. Uh, his girlfriend at the time was going to Texas. And so it was just like, look, Texas was in the national championship game. So we live in the state of Texas. We're going to watch. It's against USC. Even though I think he secretly was rooting for uh, USC. Yeah, because he's a, yeah, he's he's a, a SoCal he, guy. He came from California. Yeah. Um, so we watched... The first three quarters I watched at that house, and then when it was kind of down, and I was just like, all right, I'm going to go home, because I was thinking, I was like, if they come back, I want to be at home, because I'm just going to, I don't know, I just want to be there, and I get, when I watch sports, I don't know if you guys are like this, sometimes you just, when Texas is losing or it's not going right, it sucks to be around people, and mm-hmm. like sometimes you just want to like get in the room, just kind of watch it, and not deal with people like on their phones or talking, or like doing anything right. else besides watching the game and yeah. talking about the game. So I went home. And when the comeback started happening and all that, I was just there with my dad and my brother. And we were like, it was weird. I remember having the TV on in the game room, the living room, and like even my bedroom. And I was just like nervous walking to like each room because <laughs> as the last quarter was happening, it was, ha- you know, you're just like, and like I remember like watching back. the fourth and five, like in the game room and then like running into the living room. And like, it was just pandemonium at our house because we're all, uh, my whole family's Texas fans. Oh, man, um, awesome. What was I, Jamie doing? Was she, she watching? Oh, she was watching. She's like, she loves Texas too. She yeah. didn't go there, but like, she's a big fan. Yeah. Um, and my dad, like, he, my dad's a, one of the first to like not believe or like just like be a hater. Oh, He's yeah. like, well, like, Mac Brown couldn't get it done. All you par- know, you know classic. And I'm just like, dad's <laughs> not over yet. It's not over yet. Uh, and so he was like, so surprised and like was just like ec- ecstatic. And I remember going to the school the next day because I'd already committed to go to, to Texas. And I just remember like, did you guys, did the athletes do the thing where like you carried your keys like on a lanyard? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You put it in your pocket yeah. though. And like the land. So I, ha- I already had a Texas lanyard. And I just remember walking through the doors and just like, I felt like I was on the shoulder of a giant, you Big know, like, dead. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And just like, I had like the lanyard and I was just like, hell yeah, Man, Texas. You know, 
in the fall when I got to UT in the fall of 2003, the the meme that was going around was it was a picture of Mac Brown and he was he had you know Mac Brown talks with his hands a lot and he was doing this he was he had basically both hands out and like standing like this just picture Mac Brown doing this and the meme it said Mac Brown holding his national championships <laughs> right oh, man. and and Brutal. that and that they, was, had, they had memes back in 2003 yeah, yeah. Brutal. and that was that was what that was the that was the knock against Mac. He was just a nice guy who couldn't win. Who who, who Coach February? Who just Coach yeah. February? Exactly. Great recruiter. Mm-hmm. Couldn't win the big one. And um, and and so the big catharsis of the 2005 season was the Ohio State game mm-hmm. because we because school was in session. Yeah. And so nothing interesting on mine, right? It's just we watched it and then we partied really hard and you know you don't remember the night. You're like, I was at three different parties. I was just walking around West Campus. It was great. Freshman year for you? Uh, no, I was a junior, man. You were a junior? Junior, junior at that point. That was follow five. Um, so I, I was thinking 03, my bad. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 03 was, 03, was, 03 was great because I got to college and I was telling everybody that Vince was the guy and people were like, no, Chance Mock. What are you talking about? Chance Mock. Because for a while they were like, <laughs> the Chance, Woodlands guy. The, Chance Mock, he's the most accurate quarterback in the Big 12. Like Up until the OU game, people thought that Chance Mock was the next major Applewhite. Um, Vy though, anyone that knew anything, you know, then you you came out of Houston. What was the site like? Some uh, oh, come on, we know. I, I want to say it was Memorial. Memorial. It was like a. That sounds right. It was like a yellow. It was like a light orange. Uh, no, see, I, color. I, I thought I thought his colors were kind of like Houston, the Oiler colors. Yeah, it was like light orange and like a blue, like a tinge. Bro, no, like red, red and like baby blue. We'll have to look it up. I thought it was like a light. I'm gonna orange. look it up right now. Anyway, this is the worst part about our. Gen- I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna look, look it up right up. now. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up my. We phone. can't. We can't debate this. So. Anyway, the Ohio State game was just just a big madhouse where everybody just felt like amazing. And I was in an intro to theater class that had like twelve students in it. Nice. And I was in there with Jamal Charles. So the very next morning, Jamal Charles, or like the, the Monday after the Ohio State game, Jamal Charles walked in with an Archie Griffin jersey. Like just, hey, we did it. We conquered Ohio. And the morning, the Monday morning after the OU game, he walked in, and I remember this this guy in our class just like there was an awkward pause, and he just looks at Jamal and he goes, "I love you so much." <laughs> <laughs> and um, we just love that team, but. I wrote a column at the Daily Texan that year saying, guys, enjoy this while it lasts, but nobody here has a chance against USC. We have absolutely no chance. Like, so that's what's so sad about the season is that we're going to have this great season and we're just not going to have. And I remember uh, the sports editor, Eric Ransom, at the time was like, eh, let's not run this. And I'm glad he didn't because I would have felt like a jackass. But, Hot take. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the things when you have a take, when you have a take, you want your take to like be right above anything else, and so there would have been a part of you that would have been like slightly conflicted. But luckily, but it's like a win-win for you if your take's right or Texas wins, it yeah. proves you wrong. Absolutely, it's like I think you should try to go back to you have your computer by any chance. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I can fish that. out. I think it's, you should try to get that out and post on Medium or something. It's it. Oh, it was a bad column. It yeah, was just, I mean, just every every dumb student sports every like every bad column. They're, yes. Anyway, uh, so. We all felt cautiously optimistic going, but nobody and, and, and like the, and I remember there was one columnist on Yahoo that was like, "Hey, the case for Texas, Texas has a shot." But my Texas experience was very similar to y'all's in that it's January, school isn't in session. Yeah, uh, most students didn't get a ticket to the game. Yeah, so I was in Austin at my friend Patrick's house. Guy, I don't, I don't think I've seen Patrick since that night. <laughs> I literally haven't. And and uh, and and and. I remember thinking, I don't want to drink for this game. I'm just too nervous. I just, I, so I, I was like the one guy who wasn't drinking beer, and my girlfriend, now wife, was there. And, and we were just exactly like y'all, just super. But what I remember is that there's this guy named like Michael, I think Rodriguez or Ramirez. I forgot his last name. Racist. And I haven't seen him since, but he was stoned out of his mind. <laughs> and he was like, the, he was calming us down the whole night. He was like, 
No, man, VY's got this, y'all. Don't, don't worry just about it. Just a shaman. Don't worry about it. Just chill. And I love that you didn't see many of these people ever again. <laughs> ever it was again. like you, you got together for this like pinnacle moment yeah. of sports fandom and like your student life as a Texas student. Absolutely. And, like, yeah. and just and just be, and then, you know, like my friend David McKnight. Where was this house? It, it was in South Austin, Texas. Okay, so it wasn't even like it wasn't a West even campus, campus house. It was just campus. It was just, you know, it was like friends from high school kind uh-huh. of thing, right? Uh getting together and hanging out. And uh Patrick, Patrick was an Aggie. So we're we're yeah. we're watching the game, just like y'all. We score pandemonium, except that right after that, our first thought was well, we got to go to campus. We got first thing we got to do is go to yeah. campus. So we drove up First Street to you know crosses the river that becomes Lavaca, going toward campus. And around Seventh Street, the traffic just stopped. Like you just awesome. could, so all all we could do was just turn off the car and just hang out around Seventh and Lavaca, as it felt like the whole state of Texas. Seventh, that's seventh incredible. And Lavaca, we just turned off the car because you couldn't move. Yeah. And some people, well, I was it was my car, but some people with me like just abandoned me because everybody wanted to walk to campus and get 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 those midnight co-op yes. championship oh, t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Those but white ones. Those oh, white yeah. ones. By the time we got there, of course, there weren't any. No. But that was that was just like this 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 intense celebration that went on through. The whole night, like the whole night. At that point, I was like, okay, I've, now I'm going to start drinking. Now I'm going to start celebrating. And at 5 in the morning, my family had to drive to Mexico City. And that was when my girlfriend, now wife, was going to meet the whole family. So she and I, like, my parents picked us up, and we were just hung over and felt terrible. And oh, then we had to drive 18 hours to Mexico City. Oh my God. It was awful. That sounds miserable. But, but we worth won- it. But then when we get to Mexico City, now again, in Mexico City, Mexico, they love Football. They love, love, love football. And it's I don't like mean a, like a foreign country. Over and, there. and I don't mean football. I mean they love football. They love American football. If you grew up in the seventies, you're a Steelers fan, eighties, Niners fan, nineties Cowboys fan, two thousand Patriots. A lot of a lot of fucking Patriots fans. Now all my younger cousins are all Patriots fans. Um, but all the old heads know about the Rose Bowl. They don't watch college football, but they watch the Rose Bowl. So when I when I got to Mexico City, my whole family was just like, Holy shit, that Rose Bowl. Texas, holy cow, that was amazing. Is that is that your school? Is that where you go? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's me. That's, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. So, anyway, they know about the Rose Bowl. They know about the game. Everyone saw the game. Best game that, obviously, we're all, we're all biased. But, but the best game we've ever seen, yeah. w- with all due respect to everything that came before it, the double overtime Ohio State-Miami game, the, like, Jameis Winston-Florida State game that wasn't as good, that was like, oh, it was the same end zone. That game, that game was not the same. Last year's Clemson-Bama, that was a great one, but I, I still think Texas was... Yeah. I mean, that, that came down, what, the final second when, when Deshaun Watson... Uh, yeah, through that touchdown pass, but I still yeah, think that was Texas a great, was yeah. better. No, I agree. Well, but the, yeah. the problem is that any game with Bama, uh, Bama is this black hole in college football. We we recognize and respect that they get the most out of their players, and they they coach the best athletes on defense. Blah blah blah. Um, nobody likes to watch Alabama. Bama's kind of like what USC was. Well, I I was gonna say, well, I, you, no, USC was Hollywood. Yeah, US, you're right. There was a sense they of hung out with Snoop Dogg. They yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was so and much they, like they they'd won. One BCS title, they'd won another AP title because LSU won the BCS yeah, title yeah. The, in 03. But they claim it, right? I mean, yeah. I had forgotten that they were back to back and they're yeah. going for their third and like 30 something wins in a row. It was uh-huh. like, I mean, the greatest team of all time. Yeah. And they, yeah. I mean, and then we can, we'll talk later about it, but the Lyndall White story uh-huh. where he's like, that fourth and two like costs us everything. Like, yeah. And it, it severely like fucked him up, which is terrible. Like yeah. that one play is like, well, that, that's been the big story this yeah. week. We should, we should talk about that just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Lyndall White. LA Times talked to him. He's in Colorado. He's smoking weed. He's a young guy. He's, that's the other thing. We think about this as like a mythical ancient time. He's, yeah. he's 32 years old. It was I'll, just 10 years he's, ago. He's, he's, like a, he's, a, he's a young yeah. guy. Um, uh, and he's not too happy with, with old Pete Carroll. We'll call that a tease. More on that coming up after the break.
So that's uh, that's Movie Monster by Sound Team, one of the buzziest Austin bands of 2006. They signed to Capitol Records, put out one album, one and done, broke up right after that. Many say that the record label deal was what what did them in as the a band. The tale's oldest time, guys. Tales. Well, also I remember this this album got like a bad Pitchfork review, and that really hurt them like intermittently. Yeah, I mean in 06, Pitchfork was everything. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean if you got a bad or good, that could catapult you or sink you right then yeah yeah as as we're sticking with the tradition of austin music hyper local music for the hyper local double dip hill country fair podcast tailgate tangent i were this the theme for today's episode is songs that were big in in the 0506 era when when the texas usc showdown last happened for the national championship i'm i'm gonna say right now that i'm a little bummed that because in 06 mcg the band wasn't around and i like (laughs) Any any excuse we have to to plug them? You love so, them. I, well, more more so like homegirl leading the band. Just want to say what up. I don't you know. know. Can you, can we explain this to the listeners? <laughs> uh, there's a local local band called MCG. They're great. They're a little kind of a pop. Um, great dance music. I'm not gonna say dance. It's not like electronic dance, but like it's it makes you dance. Like it's just dancey pop music. Happy music. Yeah, and. We had played, I think, a show with them once, so I just knew who they were. So one of the past hyper local episodes, I threw one of their songs on, and the lead singer went to Texas. She wrote for the Daily Texan, and Chris has a little crush on her. Yeah, yeah. she's a she's a babe. Yeah, she's a total. And they're like, I I really dig their music. It's just like fun, happy, like in a great mood. Crank it and and pretend like she's she'd ever respond to me. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of 2006 and music and and uh, now Reese, a lot of people don't know this, but. Mariah Carey was number one on the Billboard charts. Number one on the Billboard charts. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna break our own rule here. We like to only play hyperlocal music, but for the purposes of Texas USC, this is an emergency Texas USC podcast. Uh, desperate times call for desperate. This is definitely not a drill. Uh, so while Reese cues up that story, let's let's finish that Lendale White point you were talking about. But before we even get into that, I have a, a fact check. Fact we don't want to be fake news. No fake news on this podcast. Vince Young went to Houston Madison Madison High School. I was right about the colors, though. I, I knew it started to, with an M, though. Who went to Memorial? That is, like, we've had somebody... I feel like everybody. There's, yeah, the, okay. these, the, the, the Texas high schools are pretty indistinguishable when you think about their names. You know, But but Madison, I was right on their school colors. They're yeah, the Oilers was. colors of red and, and powder blue. <sighs> okay. Which powder powder blue, I'm just going to say right now, is maybe the greatest yeah, color. A, period. A team color anybody can go Best with. color in sports. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, UCLA's powder blue unis, oof. The best. Those. Oh. I, I completely agree. No, oh. I, I, absolutely. And how about how about the 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 U? Yeah, we're not we're not here to talk about UCLA, but we are here to play Mariah Carey's song, which Reese is still queuing up. So while he while he frantically scrambles on his phone, what was the name of it? Does anybody have? It's uh. Well, let me go back to your show notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is a this is a tailgate tangent exclusive. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. Uh, the number one Mariah Carey song in January of 2006 and this is the number one song in America. It's called Don't Forget About Us. And that's that's all Texas wants right now. That's all yeah. Wow. You cannot forget about Texas. Um, and and people don't. I think people right now are enjoying like you know these last 10 years have been the shadow the hangover. We've been paying we've been paying just and Ooh. just and just let that play in the background a little bit. This yeah. I believe this is from the Emancipation of Mimi. Is that right? The great 2005 record. Terrific. Yeah, just, you know, one of those giant albums that had, you know, this was like the fifth single from it. 
that people forget about. Um, I'm just going to push my mic away now because you just got to let this one breathe. <laughs> you got to let it breathe a little bit. like Mariah is one of the artists if you're doing an impersonation you always got to do the finger the like, up up in the air down Absolutely. as you're climbing up and down that scale Th- that's like a that's a like genre of music like when you're like oh yeah R&B artists who do the finger thing yeah um, and we only get to see her about once a year I guess at the Rockefeller Christmas Christmas lighting tree whether or not she's singing <laughs> whether or not she's singing or not but we get to hear her <laughs> once a year she's she's just the best big 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 Mariah fan um Let's talk a little from the emancipation of Mimi to the emancipation of Lendale. So, again, he's in Colorado now. Lendale White, the great Tennessee Titans uh, running back who was on that USC team. He was the hammer, fourth and two. He was supposed to put the game out of reach. Instead, what happens, they don't get it. BY gets the ball. Texas Reggie wins. Bush on the sideline. Reggie Bush on the sideline. The Heisman Trophy the winner. Heisman Trophy. Um, he's, he's not happy with his former coach and current Seahawks coach, Pete Carroll. So, LA Times, Zach Helfand wrote a great it was they a, four, a four part yeah it was great yeah mm-hmm. a four part series did you read the other the I read the, I didn't get to one parts. I read 3 and 2 this this was the only one I read this was the most twitter traffic story leading up to uh leading up to this week's game which it's it's really cool from a sports media perspective to see all the nostalgia cuz this is an unranked team that lost to Maryland in its season opener right. going in to take on a Heisman favorite quarterback in Sam Darnold and a team that's chances won are low 12 <laughs> or 13 in a row since Clay Helton went with Darnold and last we'll get we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get to the game but we'll, but the fact that this game is on paper is is not an interesting one not no. a sexy one far better matchups in college football this weekend but this game has taken center stage in the college football world because of what it represents yeah and and all the look back pieces because that game was so iconic it's cool to see how the entire sports media landscape has has gone on on this this week-long nostalgia train and this Lundale white story with the la times is one of them and he, he there's there's a great quote in the story where he goes we were one yard from greatness and this is a team that had already won one back undisputed back. national title, yeah, one sport already national great. title. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, I mean, so Matt Why don't you give us the, like, clip notes of kind of, like, Lindell White's story here for our, for our listeners? So the story starts out, Lindell White's in Colorado crashing with a friend, and he's rolling up a blunt because his mind is just so fucked from... And his body's in a lot of pain. Exactly. He's been, like, from years of playing football. And he, that's... He got hooked to... He got hooked on like painkillers pain for a and while, yeah. Pills, which it, it's a, a story that's that's sadly all too familiar with yeah. with former football players. And he, he's he talked the story talks about how he he was supposed to be this great NFL player, had a great start, but then things kind of kind of didn't work out for him. I mean, on on the team with with Vince in Tennessee, exactly teammates with Vince Young. I mean, which which was one of the like. He, he dealt with a lot of depression from from feeling like the failure. He had a great game. He had three touchdowns in that game. He had more yardage than Reggie Bush did. And, and everybody was thinking, like, why not have Reggie on the field for the most important play of the game? And, and there, there's an NFL scout that I believe is quoted in this story when they say, um, like, you, you need to give it to the best player on the team. And they go, they did. Yeah, I mean, that uh, game, I remember watching that game and not really knowing much about Lindell White, but seeing him just like run it down Texas's throats just time and time again and I I mean when they hand the ball to him on that fourth and two I just that's I still thought the game was over then I was like okay I, it's I totally over did. yeah because totally like you knew exactly where it was going to go mm-hmm. we couldn't stop him and, and you talk about your dad I mean there were so many men 
you know, my, my best friend's dad went to sleep in the third quarter. He's like, I'm going to bed. I've had enough. Yeah. There's oh. so many Texas men who were just like, I'm out. And I think it's a lot of it is like just getting burnt time and time again by Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, and even us, like we can look at our career since that 05 game. We've been burnt time and time again. Like, there's, you think it's going to happen. We can get to the other games later. But, like, that's just a, a tale all too familiar with, with Texas fans is getting there and then it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. So Coming I think the writing on the wall was, like, for my dad and, like, a lot of older fans is like, all right, it's not going to, I mean, we gave our best job. It's not going to happen. It's a really sad game, too. There's a lot of, you know, we're talking about Lendale White. And I still, I still, I want to come back to that Pete Carroll tease in a minute. He's mad at Pete. Yeah. Why is he mad at Pete? Because, so, after he got released by the Titans, he ended up signing with Seattle as a free agent. Pete Carroll, head coach of Seattle, famously after ditching USC right before the heavy sanctions hit. And Pete Carroll ended up cutting him because he had, I think it was, he had injury issues. He wasn't a hundred percent, but the way Pete Carroll cut him. And if, if you've ever watched hard knocks for any season, you know that when you do cuts, you always do them in person. I, I thought it was weird this past season with the bucks because their, their per- personnel guy would call, tell him that he's cut. And then he'd come in and talk to the coach. Usually yeah. when you're getting that phone call, you know, you're going to be cut, but the coach tells you in person, but Pete Carroll cut Lendale white over the phone. And Lendale white was really pissed off because of the impersonal nature of it. Yeah. And, and he said, like, his whole perception would have been different if Carol had done it in person and said, I love you, Lundale, but this, this just isn't working out. You need to go and get right. But he didn't. He did it over the phone. And, and credit to Pete Carroll for, for answering the comment or for, for answering the call and giving a comment. And he said, I'm really sorry that he feels that way. I love him. I have nothing but respect for him. And the, the circumstances of the situation prevented us from doing it in person, which is what we always try to do. But Lundale White still says that he would absolutely go back and play college football for, for Carroll. Very again, wasn't that long ago? But in football terms, it is ancient. All of those, yeah. all those icons from that game are basically out of the NFL. This past Monday, Jamal Charles, one of the probably the greatest fantasy football player of the 21st century, because he's one of those dual threat players who can give you 30 points in a PPR league. <laughs> um, well, guess what? He gets a couple carries in Denver and fumbles the ball, and you think, man, it wasn't that long ago that he was just unstoppable. So, I. I the f- I just want to really quickly tell the story because the 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 big forgotten man here uh, is Matt Leinert, uh, one of those prolific college quarterbacks who still sounds pretty pretty bitter. He he recently went on on Fox Sports One and said, "Yeah, you know, they told me I was going to go be the number one pick in 2005 and go to the Niners, and it would have been me over Alex Smith." And basically said, "I can't believe I didn't do that." But we all kind of knew Matt Leinert wasn't going to be a great quarterback when he was on Ashton Kutcher's show Punked. Do you remember that? <laughs> So he was on oh Ashton Kutcher's God. show, Punked. Another, uh, just another Hollywood, like Hollywoodification of, yeah, of the USC, of, of the USC like, team. Yeah. So he's on Punked, and basically, I forget, I forget what the, I forget what the prank he was. He like cries, I think, doesn't he? Or well, like, he's on the verge of it. The big thing that he does that makes is he like tries to talk, like he thinks he's going down for like illegal gambling or prostitution or something, <laughs> and he tries to. He he's like before like Ashton Kutcher comes in to tell him it's a prank. He's talking to his buddy and being like, "Look, I need you to take the fall for this." <laughs> And that's when I was like, damn, Matt Leinert, Matt Leinert's not that cool of a guy. <laughs> Ruthless. Well, remember the, the storyline? There were, there were two storylines with Matt Leinert that I really remember from that season. One was the fact that he, he came back for his senior year to, to try and like solidify his legacy and establish his dynasty 
And the, like the one class he was taking was ballroom dancing. Do you remember that? I do remember. He was yeah. taking ballroom dancing. And then two, all the stories about how he used to be like a pudgy cross-eyed kid and he had surgery to correct his vision so he wasn't cross-eyed. And he was he was like this role model and this this spokesperson for you know overcoming adversity. And now look at him. He's he's Hollywood's quarterback. And like think about USC in that time. Like the and granted, these these are recent developments, but the Chargers and Rams weren't there. Like it was it was USC and UCLA, and UCLA was a distant, distant second. And USC just ran like they were the team in and and Scott Van Pelt, the the this whole origin of this this segment is talking about the Lendale White story with with um, in the LA Times. This was the subject of Scott Van Pelt's one big thing mm. last night on on Sports Center, and and he he brought up a good point like. USC was like everybody had Snoop Dogg on speed and the way Pete Carroll ran his program, which is the way I think everybody's media would be desperate for now where everything was wide open. Media could come to the entire practice, watch everything. Any celebrities could any USC alums. And it was it was this culture that they created. And you remember the intro to that game? It was Matthew McConaughey and Will Ferrell. Yeah. And it was like the the two biggest Mm -hmm. names that each each school had and like. It was such a Hollywood show. It was in L.A. It was at the Rose Bowl. Everything, every every single aspect about it is just so iconic. And what you're not seeing, what what's what's so surprising now is, and, and just if you watch anybody who watched NFL football on Sunday and saw the promo for this coming game, awesome. How much USC was hurt by that loss? How much it it tarnished the legacy of this perfect California Hollywood dynasty, and how much it still stinks. And and you know they joke about it this week. This this is the big viral uh, joke of the week is that they've never technically lost to Texas because they vacated that era. It's a very tragic era. Um, Reese, Reggie Bush. Reese, let me ask you if you can if you could vacate any four losses from uh, from the from from the last ten years from the shadow of, from the hangover of this game. What are you vacating? Yeah, this is a, this is a great segment, and I think maybe we should just like go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just like we'll each pick one. Let's just go in the circle. That way, I don't. I think there's a there's a few big ones that we all know that we'd vacate. So yeah. I don't want to take them all. Um, I think number one to me, and it's tough because that that 2010 2009 national championship game is a tough one. But I think the tougher loss I would like to vacate is 08 to Texas Tech. Um, oh. I think that loss, and I don't want to go down sad sad memory road for Texas fans, but that that one ripped your heart out, and I think it continually rips your heart out because. Tech fans, you know, we have a lot of friends that went to Tech, um, but fuck, they just kind of suck, right? I mean, oh. they, they just rub that one in your face all the time, and it's all they have. Yeah. And so every have. year, someone posts the video again or, like, brings it up, and it's never going to go away. And we, I think the way it happened with uh, who, who dropped the, the interception? Blake Gideon. Blake Gideon. Oh, I, and everybody loves to make him the GOAT, but I don't think he's the GOAT. No, I mean, obviously, there's many other things that happened in that game, but, like, when when that happened and you like you thought it was over, that was one where like our house was celebrating. We thought it was over, and then you look and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. oh crap! And then it, you, like the exact opposite of handing it to Reggie Bush when he's on the sideline. Like we all knew it was going to Crabtree. Mm-hmm. Like the whole stadium, the whole world knew what was going to happen, and we couldn't stop it. And he just our DB the 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 the, the defensive back just like let I him go. Earl I mean, Thomas was in. On I that? know it was just Shockey a complete Brown, busted play and. We'll never. I'll never really get over that one. So, yeah, that's the worst one. You're right. The Alabama game. I, I slept easy that night, knowing Colt McCoy would have beaten the would have uh, beaten, yeah. beaten the and 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 it still stings, but like it didn't hurt the way that no. that Tech game. That's like you know, it yeah. yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's it's when Charlie when Charlie Strong lost to Kansas. Yeah, yeah. I think bro. that one. 
I think that one stings because it's just you, you, you. He was probably gone anyway, but you really like. I followed the Charlie Strong era way, way more than I probably should have, and I kept waiting for it to get better. And and that was when you knew that, boy, this isn't going to work out, and and there's no other choice. And that was when he gave us that great "the cake is baked" line, yeah, that we love to still say because it's funny, you know, <laughs> you know. When I was playing, I was shooting pool at the Grand the other night, you know, and I had the eight Good ball, spot. I had the eight ball. Ready to put away the in this, what, the first thing I say the cake is baked. Cake is baked. <laughs> the cake is baked. Chris, what about you? The, the that Kansas loss is brutal because I mean in post game I wasn't there. Snick and Roger were there, but I uh, when they're sending back the feed of post and Mike Finger asked him, Charlie, you you know what this means for your career, don't you? And he just and Charlie, God bless him, he always answered every question straight up. Didn't didn't try and step around anything. He goes, I I. I no, I, I don't, because he, he he didn't want to admit it, but he knew. Yeah. Um, and that that '08 loss to to Tech and Crabtree, that one. And Graham, the thing is, Graham Harrell was such a. You talk to people like who, you know, people who knew Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree around that time, and they were just like, like I've talked to a guy who was like about to go home with a girl, and Graham Harrell like took his girl, like That's he was awesome. just, and and everyone says that everyone by everyone, I mean like the three buddies who went to Tech to like kind of hung out with Graham Harrell was like that guy was such a you know Colt McCoy was like decent and and good and true and Graham Harrell was just kind of like this like snaky front runner and uh and that was like the one thing that he had he got like a job with the Green Bay Packers because of that one damn game and that like that that game was it was on November 1st I believe it was yeah it was Halloween weekend exactly Mm -hmm. and I remember like for for like four or five years in a row my my Halloween costume was the same thing and it was a high school football coach I'd wear the short shorts and the high socks with a whistle and all that stuff and I remember just getting so stupid blackout drunk, like just I, I just got annihilated. Yeah. I I was I was I was intentionally trying to forget and and just. Do you remember the next year when Tech came to Austin and how brutal the fans were? Like, yeah, I mean we were out for blood. And that was that was they ESPN moved the game up, so it was like yeah. the second or third week. So they moved the FAU game to back at the end of the season. And that like it, that was a build up and all I mean, the hype. And game but it was day an easy game. I mean, game day was there and they were both ranked. But you knew that we were going to kill the tech. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. And we've yeah. we've lost it. I mean, that's the other, the other one that I that really bugged me was the Thanksgiving Day 2015 when we lost it when we lost the tech because uh, that was the day. You know, my my uncles dreamed of going to see the Dallas Cowboys, and so I got them four tickets. We're going to go see the Dallas Cowboys. We're gonna we're gonna that's what we're going to do on Thanksgiving. And they they flew in from Mexico. We drove up and. That's the game where Tony Romo's career ended. <laughs> <laughs> it was like two two play, you know, like the second half of the game. The Panthers. That was the year the Panthers went to the Super Bowl, and the, the Panthers like blitz Tony, and Tony goes down, and the Cowboys lose, and it's like you're live streamed to see the Cowboys, and they they played, and it was a Tony Romo, a classic Tony Romo goes down, and he's not getting up game, and then on the drive home, you're hearing that on the radio, and you're calm, and you're trying to be collected, and everyone's asleep, and when that game ended, I just yelled like fuck. Mm-hmm. And you know, wake everybody up in the car. I felt felt terrible about it. So yeah, but that was the only other time we lost to Tech. Yeah, and yeah. You know that you're gonna get those calls, those those voicemails, those texts. Do you remember when Dan Hurwitz wrote that column? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, friend of the pod, Dan Hurwitz, um, he wrote a column after that uh, the the next the 2009 Tech game, saying calling out the fans, saying that they were so bad. The Texas and, like, fans. The Texas fans, yeah, saying that they were bad and like disrespectful. Because we were like Sergio Kendall, like lit up like the like the quarterback Taylor like, Potts. Taylor I Potts, think. like 
drove him into the ground. And I remember the student section was just going nuts, like because he was on the ground for a long time, and nobody would shut up. They were like, they weren't doing like the horns in the air thing. Like they were just like, stay down, like yelling. <laughs> so Dan Herbert writes this column calling out Texas fans, and then all the comments on it online started calling him Herbitch. <laughs> Which. <laughs> It was brutal, but and yeah, yeah. At least amongst us, he's never lived that never lived it down. down. Um, another game. I'm gonna go like a little further back than than 05. Uh, I remember being a kid in the 2001 Colorado Colorado game, mm, yeah. and that one was brutal for me because obviously we all have love hate with Chris Sims, mostly mostly hate. Yeah, I was a major Applewhite fan. Uh, red headed, redhead. Like he was my love hero. Major, yeah. And he, everybody loved everybody. Yeah, it's like no, yeah, he's he's great. Um, Ramon's getting fired up over here. Wish you guys could see this. As a football player, great guy. I mean, we're not going to go into other things. Um, you know. But that year, I remember watching it at home. I was a kid, had my number eleven jersey on, and just watching him like almost bring it back and almost bring it back. And you're there, and then it just didn't happen. And because if they win that, they go to the national, they go to the national, national title championship game. game, and it's Colorado, and like, uh, yeah, that was a, that the was Chris a the Chris Brown Colorado team. Yeah, yeah, that game that game sucked a lot because that the, what made that game exciting was Bedlam. Remember, yes. Oklahoma State upset Oklahoma. Yep. Holy cow. All, all of a sudden, all we got to do... All he had to do is beat All we got to do is beat Colorado in the Big 12 Championship game. Yeah. And Mac Brown was just smirking like a jackass pregame. He's like, I told these guys this is a big opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And um, and then Chris Sims plays like like just total like total shit, like total dogmas. It was really disappointing. And again, for those who don't remember, Chris Sims was the rich kid that that uh, that uh, came in from New Jersey. His dad, Phil Sims. Phil, NFL, Phil Sims, and, yeah, NFL Giants. legend, 1986 uh, Super Bowl MVP. Um, I saw Chris Sims the other day on like a video on like SI.com or something like it was, you know those videos that pop up in the corner. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm like reading. I was reading something. Was it his interview on the Dan Patrick show? Where he was talking about the hundred dollar handshakes. He looked like he was hosting a show. He's a, he's oh, a media he, yeah. guy. Yeah. He's okay. A, he, yeah. He called, he's I like, had not seen him in a long time, but I yeah. look over and I go, I just like Chris Sims, unbelievable. Chris Sims. Yeah. And yeah, Major Apple White was one of those players. Yeah, sure. He's not an NFL quarterback. Doesn't matter. He's one of those great college quarterbacks who knows the system, who's a leader, who. Mm, that should have been, and that was the Cole Pittman year. That was when uh, Cole, Cole Pittman, Pittman died. died in a car accident. And I remember being at uh, Texas UNC. Forty-four points. Forty-four points, and and who comes out and takes a knee? It's Major, Major Applewhite, Applewhite who, to not who kick knew. the PAT. To, to not keep the PAT exactly, and so uh, yeah, just just the fact that Major didn't get a chance to start in that game, and that he he it was such a tease because we got our ass kicked. Major yep. comes in and saves us. Mm-hmm. And it's we just ran out of time yeah. by a hair. Thirty six thirty or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just ran out of time. Just so, ran out of time. To answer the question, which I still haven't done about what game I would take back, I, I would a thousand percent take back that 09 title loss mm. to USC or to, to, to Alabama. Bama. Because for, for a multitude of reasons, but probably most importantly because I was there. I was on the sidelines. Mm. I was covering that game as like yeah. I, I had a great internship at KXAN, yeah. so I was I was there. You guys was, acted out the fourth and five. Yeah, uh, and that on was the field. Yeah, ex- in, in pregame, yeah. I was there with Scherf, Drh, and Blake, and and we're, it's at the Rose Bowl. It's four years after fourth and five, and Vince Young and USC, and and everybody did that run from from like the right hash over to the to the corner in the end zone, and and everybody's doing the Keith. He's going for the corner. He's got it. I have a, an aside here. You wrote for the Texan this time, right? Yeah. Okay, so. Um, when I was taking Melanie's class in like 08, we had somebody come and talk to us that was in that corner and that Vince ran into him and he was a Daily Texan reporter. So well, that was our recruitment tool. Uh, we, we, Do you know who I'm talking about though? I can't uh, remember his name. Well, we had, we had, uh, it Lauren, been, Lauren was there maybe. Lauren Chan was there. Yeah. Eric Ransom was there. Ryan was there. Did you know Brandon Rowie? Did not know Brandon. Okay. No. He, 
Rowie was there okay. with uh, with KXN as an intern. Okay. Well, well, somebody that wrote for the Texan, like he came and he was talking to Melanie's Sports J class and was saying, like, I was, I like, I'm the guy that Vince Young ran into that he caught that he, he caught. caught Vince yeah. Young, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we want, yeah, when we were doing like recruiting for for this, the newspaper, it, we we just took a picture of the end zone and then like circled <laughs> circled the Daily <laughs> like Texan. That's where we were. The Daily yeah. Texan nerd in the corner. Um, well, let's take a quick break. We'll, we'll, one more song, and we'll come back and talk about. Predictions for Saturday's game? I like it. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Roger says, he goes, Ghostland Observatory, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, man, they're awesome, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, the lead singer's daughter dances with Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> ben gets out of my motor running. I'm feeling overheated because my life keeps coming. My heart has been in trouble by the speed of love. This is a song that every band prays to have. Yeah, like just the one that like is universal, puts you on the top. So what will we be telling you the truth about this Texas USC game? Well, we should talk. Well, let's let's set the table just a little bit, folks. You're listening to Sad Sad City by Ghostland Observatory. A lot of you guys might have caught them at the Hog Auditorium in January 06. Nice, nice. Uh, or maybe January 07, I don't remember. It was one of the two. But I did, actually it was 07, because in, in January 06, the Alamo Drafthouse Ritz was still a, a music venue called like the something. Don't remember what it was called, doesn't matter. And I, that's where they had their CD release party. And I had to preview the CD release party for the Daily Texans, so I interviewed Aaron and Tom, the two members of Ghostland, at... Uh, the at, at the music lab down on like Old Torfin's Congress that's that's now like all sorts of like hip cool places. It's called the Yard, and there's two breweries over there and a distillery and a coffee shop. A lot of handlebar mustaches. Yeah. Back then it was <laughs> Millennial Ground Zero. I think we've called Millennial it Ground Zero. Yeah. No doubt about it. Back then Tom was a construction worker, and he was like he was telling me that he was influenced by like all of the like Tejano jams that he would his coworkers would listen to. Um, anyway, long time ago, but uh, let's set the table. Texas USC. Now the line started at. 15 and a half, minus 15 and a half for USC. And it's the Vegas Sharps have been betting USC so heavily in this game that the line is now pushed up to minus 18. So it's not great for Texas. See, I thought it opened up at like minus 17. I thought it opened up higher than, oh, than what you had. May, maybe I'm full of shit, but it, it, D- it, it. Different books, different books. Yeah, yeah. Minus 15 and a half like a week and a half ago. Yeah. And pushing, pushed up to 18 going into Saturday. Um, Chris, what can we expect? In terms of the quarterback situation, Talking with Tom Herman yesterday, on Thursday, he uh, he said Bouchelle has been throwing in practice. He started out with about 30 throws, 20 or 30 throws on Tuesday, up to 50 throws yesterday. Good thing about it being a night game, they can throw him again today. They'll throw him again in the morning when they wake up to see how he's feeling. He said he's still sore, and it, it, it hurts him to throw, but he's able to do it. He said if he's 100%, Bouchelle will start. And he uh, he said he imagines that Bouchelle will be available in some capacity, whether or not it's as a starter or if he comes in. Obviously, one of the big keys is they want they want to protect him. And you know, you lose to Maryland. The the main focus now shifts to winning the Big Twelve. It's going to be nine games straight because the bye week comes up after USC game, so they have the non conference and straight straight Big Twelve play. So their big focus is on on having to push for that. So they want to keep him healthy. If he is playing, they're going to limit the quarterback run so he doesn't take too many hits. All of that being said, 
I, I will be incredibly surprised if Texas keeps it within 21 points. Yeah, well, too. I mean, USC <clears throat> cannot be stopped. And you, and you saw a really tough Stanford team go in there and just get pounded. And you, even a Western Michigan team where the game looked in reach, USC just eventually, they're going to get that flurry of points. Yeah. They're going to get the 48, 51, 55. Can Texas get more than 24? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. And I think not even getting points, just the defense. I don't, like, yes, they had a shutout last week. It was San Jose State. It was San Jose exactly. State. I mean, it was a glorified varsity team. Hey, but the cake is baked. The cake is baked. Now, <laughs> I, 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 the, you know, here's the, here's, yeah. here's, the, here's the idiot fans case for Texas. <clears throat> and I'll be the idiot. I'm the, I'm the only one here wearing a Texas dry fit polo, and I'm disappointed in you guys. I, no, I, I went to the co-op to get okay. one. I got a hat on sat- Saturday for the game. Th- those, th- those are the live stream and those in the yeah. point, the point 0.1% right. militia I, they can see. I'm trying to be the uh, non-biased journalist here. I, I, I Usually when I roll out of bed, I don't show, I, you're lucky that I brush my teeth before I come over here because I'm just sleepwalking. I usually just throw on some Texas, Texas athletic shorts, shorts yeah. and, and whatever, but I have this strong, hard and fast rule about not double lettering unless it's game day. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure to wear my Texas hat so I, I put on actual real shorts instead of my Texas workout shorts that are my, yeah. my lounge shorts. But I'm re- I'm re- You're right, guys. You're right. I, I dropped the ball here. All right, idiot fan. Idiot fan. All right. Hey, we got all these great recruits. The cake is baked. Malik Jefferson. Let's go, baby. Uh, we got that great wide receiving core. We can put up points. We can slow them down. And they haven't seen these Texas boys yet. They haven't, this is California. They haven't seen these Texas boys. We got a little something California or Austin. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride the emotion, right. ride the momentum, and these pretty boys ain't seen nothing yet. But you're all about uh, Ellinger. I think Shane uh, and Chris. I, look, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. That's all bullshit, right? The Tom Herman Shane Bouchelle is. I just is, wanted, I, I wanted to get this going. See, right. I, I I know about. I, I'm in a fantasy football league with Ramon. Okay, and okay. The, the main focus of the fantasy football league is the the Facebook group chat, which is just it's too much. It's awesome. <laughs> but <laughs> Shane Bouchelle. Is he, to quote you from a week ago sucks. No, two weeks ago sucks. I said that he was not put in a position to succeed. Mm. Game one. That's that. That's my official position right now. Okay. Okay. But my also, my, I also maintain that it's pretty clear that Sam Ellinger is a better fit. He's more what Tom Herman wants, and I, I sincerely believe that if Texas was two and zero, and Shane Bouchelle has been looking great, bruised shoulder notwithstanding, he'd be the unquestioned starter because he hasn't looked great. Hasn't looked like a great fit. Ellinger looked great. Gerard Hurd gave him some pop. I mean, come on. Okay. Bruce throwing shoulder. Come on. It's here's here's what I I think Ellinger is a more dynamic quarterback. He's he's a better he's definitely a better runner. He's I I, I would even venture to say he's a better leader. I don't think he's a better quarterback than Shane Bouchel. Shane Bouchel is a, like you you saw last week, like we I think we kind of take for granted how accurate Bouchelle is. Absolutely, he did look like the first three throws were, were, were really bad. And I, I get their yeah. nerves that come in, but he he looked really. Because I was sitting behind some... him in seventeen, and you could like I you could see that like they were yeah. nowhere close. And, and they, yeah, some look, jitters. He's a freshman. Some, some yeah. nerves. Mm-hmm. He he grew up in that stadium. He's a Westlake kid. He's yeah. he, it, it's a dream come true. And you know you're, you're going to be a little shook, but I I think and and this is total just. This would be the definition of a hot take. I think Bouchelle is a better quarterback. I think the offense can be more dynamic with Ellinger in there. All of that being said, as soon as Tom Herman was hired, my thought was that Gerard Hurd is going to be the quarterback because Gerard Hurd is exactly what... I mean, he took Greg Ward Jr. at U of H, converted him from a receiver to a quarterback. Gerard Hurd is a quarterback-turned-receiver 
two time two two four A national ch- uh, state championships. <laughs> yeah, at, at Denton Geyer. But I mean, Hurts' problem has always been his accuracy with pass accuracy with passing. And and Herman even said after the game on on Saturday after the San Jose State win, he goes, "I think it's a little premature that you guys are asking is is Hurd going to be the guy." I mean, we we did like four run plays with him and one pass play, and it it fell incomplete. So I think people need to temper their expectations a little bit. But. All right, so I have a question for both of you. Even though I personally believe that this is going to be like two years ago, Notre Dame brutal. Yeah, um, yeah. Is, that was, I was there for that yeah, one. Yeah. No, 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 that, that was a rough one. I, 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 that game I think that, this, this could go in that same vein. Uh-huh. But would it be surprising if this is Tom Herman's fuck you party? It will be better than Notre Dame. Because this team is two years more experienced. That was a, that was a litter of puppies. Yeah. That was Malik's fresh. That was Malik. Yeah. No, yeah, this is a more experienced team that has experienced some brutal high stakes, big stage losses. So I think they'll be competitive. I just think there's too much USC. USC wants it too much. USC is more talented. USC has the first overall pick in the NFL draft. USC has the Heisman favorite. USC is a national championship favorite. I think this is the game where you go, oh, USC is a serious contender to win it all this year. Um, so, yeah, well, 55-24 is kind of my, my, my prediction. Here is the big, the big culture class, the intangibles, the, the not X's and O's. This is, this is what this game is a big battle between, and it's the fact that you have this team that has come off three straight losing seasons. They, they are just they are sickened, just like in, uh, in the natural. S- losing is an illness. They, are, they, are, they have the cancer of losing coursing through their bodies, coursing through their minds, living in that locker room. As much as Tom Herman has tried to change that culture, this all this program knows is losing, all these players know is losing. You've got that battling against Tom Herman and more or less the same staff from U of H that was undefeated against top 10, top 25 teams. So you have a coach who knows how to coach players up for huge games, get them ready for the moment. They didn't go undefeated, obviously, so there are some slip-ups, but when it's a big game and it matters and they're, it's it's a showdown game, Tom Herman is great at getting his players ready. So what's what's who's going to win that war of attrition, the culture of losing or Tom Herman's mm. culture of just sheer dominance against top 25 teams? And I think that's the question we'll probably leave the listeners with. Have fun on Saturday. Drink uh, some beer. Oh, do you have something to add? I was going to say, guys, where you watching the game, let me tell you. Okay. Come on out to Luster Pearl Saturday night. That's the official tailgate tangent. Luster Pearl East? Luster Pearl East because okay. there's parking. We love parking. Yes. Uh, the official tailgate tangent watching party. Come on out. Official tailgate tangent hyperlocal. Austin doubled it. 0.1% militia. Games at 730. What time are you going to get there, Ramon? I'm going to get there. I'll be tailgating at 6 o'clock. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be there at 6 o'clock tailgating, guys. Come on out. Say hi. This is seriously the best place because every sports bar in Austin is going to be noisy, crowded, and kind of shitty. Yeah. That place is great because there's pretty people everywhere who don't care about football. You can bring your dog. Bring your dog. Mm-hmm. Penny the General will be out there, and uh, they got you know the big Jenga, the cornhole, the ping pong, whatever. The good point beers. is good beers, good, comfortable outdoorsy place to hang out. You won't be too overwhelmed by the crowd. Big TVs, good place to watch the game. Kind of under the radar to watch a game, like you said, not a sports yeah. bar. So right, yeah. great, great place to great place to match on Bumble. Yeah, not a great place for football, except the point one percent malicious taking it over. Look for me, and if you don't. Have a Nike dry fit polo, you can't come. Okay. This segment brought to you by Luster Pearl. <laughs> cool. Well, so we'll see you Saturday. We'll Hook see you Saturday. Oh, yeah. Reese, prediction. Prediction. Um, Pain. I mean, Texas loses by three touchdowns. Okay. Tavares? Uh, yeah. I, if, if they keep it within 21, I think Texas, because all Texas fans, 
fans want is to be competitive. I don't really think it's going to happen. Not so fast. No, I'm kidding. Lee <laughs> Corso. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad, but it's going to be a teachable moment, as, like as the late Sean Adams would say. Enjoy the game. We'll see you on the other side. And hook up. No, <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. P- play the song. Play the Easy Cap song. Oh, we start with continuous. We end with Easy Cap. Yeah. Oh, easy hell cap. yeah. The new, the new easy. This, this song is great. This song is great. Nice. Uh, I actually have to leave this exact second. Yeah. Give it the That's my bad. Yeah, let's do it.